listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 The Vegas lead, I think it's got to be, especially off of Thursday night, is the COVID situation in San Francisco. Yeah, and the Packers were down a couple of running backs because of a COVID issue, and now the Niners have shut down their facility today after a positive test, and there is more testing that is happening. The game, though, is still a go, according to Tom Pelissero of the NFL Network. Okay, so here's my question to the handicappers, the analysts, Matty Holt and Steve Fezzik. Would you guys agree with the following mm, hypothesis? That's just a fancy, an idea I've got. <laughs> that we have undervalued the COVID effect. That if you went back and studied these games and said which games have had a COVID effect, the theory is the market accounts for it. Meaning I'm not talking about something happened and you bet early and beat the, I'm saying once the information settled, that the market has underpriced, has underconsidered COVID and its myriad of potential effects. Players missing, practice time missing, missed uh, travel complications, all the factors, we aren't contemplating them enough. Hypothesis, what do you think, Matt Holt? I am actually on the other side of this because look at early in the – I mean, it's a small sample size. We don't have a lot of examples to choose from, but we we go back to the first one that we had. Minnesota had to shut down the facilities. Kirk Cousins, oh, it's going to affect them. Mispractices. Agreed. Vikings came out and had one of their better performances. Tennessee Titans, all that COVID, finally got to play a game. Now let's question that one because I would make the case that the Bills were in a worse spot and that that was the game that was played on Tuesday, right? And the thing I thought, and you're a Bills fan, was the Bills on even Monday morning didn't know if they were going to play the Titans on Tuesday or if they'd play Kansas City on Thursday. That, to me, was bigger than the Tennessee negative. Uh, agree, but the COVID negative, the actual well, COVID I, But impact. that was the aftermath of it, I guess. Because, the, I mean, why would the Bills not— But aren't we talking for COVID impact mispractices and misplayers? And in this case, rescheduled games for the Bills. Why was the games rescheduled or potentially was because of COVID? Well, then maybe you, what we're saying is the market doesn't know how to price it because it, I think yeah. it's overpricing— it's over, or at least over analog. Remember in that game, the Bills went to three and a half on the road at Tennessee. And I don't think, and I listen, I fell into the same trap. I didn't see how tough it would be for the Bills. I saw the Tennessee factor. So I think the Tennessee factor was substantial. I think the Bills factor was even bigger in that game. I think the teams that have COVID are being, it's, it's being overvalued. Think so, of the Vikings, the Titans, the teams that have missed practices. And we go, oh my goodness. How are they going to perform? For the most part, other than the Patriots, they've performed well. Patriots, but I would make the case in, in the Raiders against Tampa Bay, right? Is yeah, they I'm, fell apart, really, in the second half. What's your thought, Faz? You know, I think more the long-term implications, like maybe Minnesota and Tennessee had one good game, but look at these teams, both of them really scuffling. So I think instead of just looking at the very first game after... but. There's no. It's like saying again, if you're chewing gum and the car starts, that's why it's starting. Is I think Minnesota. By the way, I think. Or that Casper still has mono. <laughs> <laughs> we might we might be overvaluing the whole minute. Minnesota missed two practices. They didn't have a. If we're not going to count the Bills as being an ancillary effect of COVID because Tennessee had it, then how do we count Minnesota who didn't have any even scare? It was just because the team they had played. Right, fair, fair enough. I'm thinking New England also seems well, I to have long term. New England is the one. New England and Cam, and I would make the case is the one case that you could say, huh? Not only did it potentially affect them in that game against Denver, 
did it affect Cam ever since? Mm-hmm. I heard someone today saying Cam has not physically looked the same since he had the COVID diagnosis. And supposedly it was asymptomatic with Cam, meaning no symptoms. So what I'm, I'm going to go to Jonas. What I'm seeing here to kind of recap it is we've got the direct effects of the teams. And Maddie's saying the teams that they say they've got COVID or there's a scare, maybe it's being properly assessed or maybe even overvalued. I don't agree with that, but I think you're closer to being right that it's proper. The ancillary effects, as in they're not exactly COVID-related, but they're because of well, they are COVID-related because they're cause of COVID, but it's not about the illness, right? And the bills would have been an example of that. Etc. That's one I think maybe is being undervalued. We don't see as clearly those effects until maybe after the fact. Finally, and Cam's maybe the one example of this, what is the physical effects of those who get it? How quickly? They might be allowed to play in 10 days, but how well are they going to play? Sure. And I mean, in theory, that Andy Dalton situation is going to be one in which when he comes back, how is he going to be affected? Because he wasn't all that good beforehand i'm rj bell straight out of vegas be sure to catch live editions of straight out of vegas weekdays at 6 p.m eastern 3 p.m pacific on fox sports radio and the iHeartRadio app what did the green bay staff say and i'm going to ask a round table quick answer on this what did they say by not drafting a offensive weapon in the draft early well, maybe an offensive weapon, but one that hasn't got on the field yet and is redundant with Aaron Rodgers. But for, for 2020, what were they saying? Because I think there's a couple of possibilities. One is we don't think we're a contender. 13-3 and three was a fugazi. And why play for now when now doesn't matter as much? Let's draft for the future. Jordan Love. Right? Rodgers is pretty much done. That could have been thought one. Thought two was, we're so good, we don't need it. We can play for the future and still compete for a Super Bowl this year. Hmm. I don't know what else it could have been. Because if you think you're close, Fez just looked at Matt like, what are you going to say? <laughs> if, if you think you're close and you're the Packers, don't you – I mean, it's like trading for – it's like uh, – remember with the 49ers got Dion, right? Is at some point you think you're one piece away. Mm-hmm. And the Bills ended up trading for what Watson. Remember, they thought they were one receiver away, like eight years ago, whatever. But trading to go up in the draft, if I recall. I, I think when you think you're close, you, you get more assets that can help you now. But if you think you're so good, you don't need it. Like Kansas City didn't make any late trades here because they th- figured they're good enough and there was nothing out there for them necessarily. And right? why disrupt chemistry as well? Yeah. So you can either think you're so good you don't need it, or you can think... You're close and you need it. Or you could think you're so far away it doesn't matter. Faz, what do you think the Green Bay was saying with the drafting of Jordan Love? I think they didn't feel they were close at all. I think they really thought they were far away. They'd just gotten their butts kicked by Green Bay in the playoffs. Second by straight, San Fran, yeah. Set by San Fran, 37-20. to 20. Second time they got rolled. And I think the feeling was, you know what? This isn't going to work. So look at the players drafted after Jordan Love is Hilaire, obviously from Kansas City, Higgins from Cincinnati, Swift, the running back from Detroit, Jonathan Taylor, and how do you pronounce that name? Cole Komet. Komet. That's an interesting name. I've heard the name. I, haven't, I guess I should have figured that one out. Does anyone disagree with Fez 
It was pessimism from Green Bay in the draft that led to Jordan Love. Pessimism that they were true contenders in 2020. Does anyone disagree with that? No. no All right. No. Now, what does it say after that hot start that they didn't make a move of the trading deadline? Because it could be again, oh, we're so good, we don't need it. Or you know what? This is a Fugazi again. We're not that good. We're not true competitors. We're not going to sell by expensive now. Because it is expensive to buy at the deadline. Matt, what do you think is the message there? I don't like to read into these too much. Well, then this probably isn't you shouldn't be answering the question. Yeah. Just because I, I don't it's hard to get trades done. So because but they haven't it got like one they done. Weren't trying that hard because you get the reports when it's close, right? I mean Maybe. I mean I the rumor is they were trying. I mean, what did you hear about the effort level, Jonas? Will Fuller out of uh, Houston was the guy they were for trying a second to trade rounder, for. right? Yeah. yeah, but they couldn't come to terms. They just couldn't come to an agreement, so they weren't willing to part with whatever Houston's asking price was for Will Fuller. The rumor I heard was second rounder, and they balked at it. So I don't know. What do you think? It seems like the, to me, it seems obviously the same thing. They're saying don't let those games fool you. Yeah, absolutely. Because with Will Fuller, I mean that really helps the Packers and would make them seemingly a contender, but the Packers know better than anyone, and they're like, nah, we'll go with one wide receiver. But hasn't it been so hard for everyone across the league? Don't you think we get less trades at the trade deadline than we used to overall? You know, that's, or less, at least less meaningful ones. My sense is, and Jonas is the type that follows this closely, is for a long time there was nothing, and then there, the, in the last three or four years it has felt a little bit more active this year, though, the exception. What, what do you think, Jonas? I, I, yeah, and I also heard Jay Glazer make a point this past Sunday where he said because of the COVID rules, when you trade for somebody, they would have to stay Ten, yeah. away for a certain amount of time. And so because there wasn't going to be that immediate help for them to be available in the first or possibly second game that you acquired them, why would they want to give up a, a bunch of picks for a guy? So A.B. was an example of that. So it was going to be generally you're going to miss a game. So you trade for them um, – now, again, A.B. got signed last week, but if you had traded for him this week, and remember, if they had COVID already, they could play right away. But if they didn't, it was pretty much skip that first game play. So you're going to, instead of getting them for eight games, you'd get them for seven, right? So, but you think right. about it, one, it's, that's 12.5% of the yield this year pre-playoffs is gone because of that protocol around COVID. I'm R.J. Bell straight out of Vegas. Matt LaFleur, here's the quote. I don't know if anything ever got that serious about any trade. Now, again, who knows if that's PR. I guess in a way he'd want to say they were close and they just couldn't do it. The other side was so resist. You know, I don't know. But it is interesting that Houston was looking to get rid of him, that he was able to be had Will Fuller, who we know statistically is so vital to Watson. When he's out, Fez... Houston struggles on offense. Oh, big time. And we, we saw when he wasn't 100% the first four games for Houston. So the fact they were willing to part with Fuller, the Texans, for a second rounder, says the Texans get it over. And I know that the record says they should, but boy, that might be demor- demoralizing for the team, at least in this week, mm. too. A lot of factors this week. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. So, RJ, it is a tradition here on Straight Out of Vegas. We take a look at the three biggest games on Wednesday every single week in the NFL, Vegas style. And we're going to start in Nashville, where right now the Titans are a six point favorite hosting the Bears on pregame.com. Taken up, taken up. So, Fez, you've been pessimistic on Tennessee, you've been a seller 
I think you've been right. Obviously, two straight losses. What do you think of this game? I think Tennessee is to be avoided. Look at that loss to Cincinnati. They lose by 11 points. I can make the case. They got a lot of breaks in that game. Cincinnati, three linemen, their three best linemen, did not play. And the weather was bad, and yet the Bengals still put 31 up on that overrated Tennessee defense. Yeah, I agree. And they did make a move. So in the whole idea of teams telling us something, Tennessee was a buyer on defense. They got a very highly regarded corner, at least pro football focus, King, And based upon the COVID protocols changing teams, they're optimistic he can play this week. So I think that's worth looking at. But the sign, the buy sign is meaningful regardless. That makes me at least give a little check mark to Tennessee. Jonas, quickly, though, you thought they needed a pass rusher more and they fell short there. Yeah, they haven't been able to rush the passer all season long. They're one of the worst in the league. There's a reason they were bidding for Jadevian Clowney and got into a bidding war that late in the process before the season. I think they recognize that they've got an issue rushing the passer. I think they got an issue with that Clowney contract. Here's a little trivia question real quick. Who's the two starting quarterbacks that have more than one win but are undefeated this year? Undefeated. Big Ben? And Mitchell Trubisky, 3-0 as a starter. (laughs) RJ, the Baltimore Ravens had a tough loss to your Pittsburgh Steelers last Sunday, and now they find themselves on the road at the Colts, but two-and-a-half-point favorites on pregame.com. What was tough about it, Jonas? When justice is served, it's not (laughs) tough. It's justice. (laughs) We think they're... Steve Fezzik. I think a good matchup for the Indianapolis defense that's really good at stopping the run. (laughs) Darius Darius Leonard is back, and he's making an impact as well. i got to stop you. Jonas, this is hilarious. So Matt runs a company, right? I, I mean, literally, like, got 15 employees. He comes in generously, does this, does our podcast, and he doesn't get to handicap every game, like, this early in the week. He's like, you know, I haven't really looked at these games. I go, don't worry about it. He pops his head up right before the commercial was over, and he says, I got one thing. It's on the Colts rushing defense. (laughs) I go, great, we'll get it to you. I throw it to Fez. He's like, well, you got to talk Colts rushing. I mean, what is wrong with you? Did you hear what he said? No. Oh, okay. Finish your point quickly. (laughs) And and Darius Leonard makes that defense even better and – Baltimore's down their best lineman, so good matchup for the Colts to be able to stuff Baltimore. Anything else, Matt? No, that was pretty much <laughs> it. Uh, I mean, we look, we, we talked about it last week with the Pittsburgh game where what does Baltimore do when they can't run the football against the great rush defense? Same thing here. Indianapolis, number, uh, number two in the NFL, only allowing 3.4 yards per rush. Now, Billy Walters, the famous batter, everyone used to want his picks. They still do. I don't know how active he is. And what he used to do is put out fake picks where he'd give it to who he thought the leak was and it was the wrong pick. And then when he saw the line movie, he'd be like, okay, I know who the leak is. And he won't tell he wouldn't tell me that he knew. And he'd keep with Fez, we should have a conversation that's wrong. Yeah. Like give him the wrong info and have him like try to say <laughs> that will be hilarious. That'd be a good one. <laughs> My thought on this is this. Baltimore and the Harbaugh's, they tend to come back after losses. He's a focused guy. He's energetic, you know, kind of intense, I guess is the better word. I believe, though, if Lamar doesn't throw the ball more in the games that they're dominating, I don't know how he's going to get better. We actually talked about that yesterday. We got it on video, 
And it's a really good video, a little two-minute synopsis at RJ in Vegas. It was my last tweet if you want to see my take on how Lamar, how Lamar Jackson will be able to improve. All right, last one on our three biggest games and our preview here on Straight Out of Vegas. We go to Sunday Night Football in the NFC South where the Bucks are hosting the Saints. Tampa Bay, a five-and-a-half-point favorite. To me, the contrast, Fez, between game one and this game is the story. So in New Orleans, the line in the game was what? Four and a half, maybe? Four? It Four, was in that range. All right, so that was saying very clearly that home field, let's call it two, is the Saints were clearly better than the Tampa Bay Bucks because the line was four? Yes. Right about four. Now it's in Tampa and the line's five. So they're saying not only has it flipped that Tampa's better, but they're saying Tampa is better by more than the Saints were better early in the year. Literally 10 seconds. What do you got, Fez? So New Orleans probably gets back Michael Thomas and Sanders, so at full strength at wide receiver. Very different team playmaker-wise the Saints will be. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. 